eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Take Command Podcast here from Odyssey Sports. Craig Hoffman, Logan Paulson. So let's get into OTAs. Uh, And before we can talk about the guys who were there, we need to talk about the guys who were not. And... One, we know exactly why he was... I mean, really, the two main guys that were not there, we know exactly why they weren't there. The question is, how big of a deal is it? The first is Terry McLaurin. Superstar wide receiver, one of the best in football, wants a new contract. He's not there. And there was some reporting from Nikki Javala of the Washington Post that kind of the draft was a turning point. And whether that was like a deadline that had been discussed or not, or the fact that they drafted Jahan Dotson in the first round at wide receiver, and he's like, whoa, wait a second. Like, what are you doing drafting first-round receiver? Which, by the way, I don't think is has anything to do with it. And, and in talking to – or like having some reporters on, I had Sam Fortier on 980 last week with me. He doesn't seem to think it was that and didn't want to draw that line. It was just kind of the draft as, as a data point because I think Terry very much knows – hey, that dude, Dotson, if he's good, he can help me. And that's good yeah. because I, I don't think Terry has any you know, misgivings about the fact they needed more offensive weapons uh, based off of the coverages and everything he's getting last year. So, long story short, Terry McLaurin wants a new contract. He's going to ultimately get a new contract, I would think. Washington loves to do this stuff last second. I can't tell you why they're obsessed with seemingly doing it last second, but is it a big deal with a new quarterback, especially, and by the way, a first-round pick who could be very well mentored by Terry McLaurin that he is not at OTAs? Um, I'm going to say no. I'm going to take kind of the, maybe the less controversial route here. And I think, you know, he came to OTAs. That's very off-brand for you. Yeah, he he came to the, you know, off-season program. He was at meetings. He was there for the installs. The fact that he came to that, I think, shows a certain amount of professionalism and a certain amount of mutual respect. Now, like, I I want people to envision this, right? Like, rookies aren't making as much money as they used to, right? But they are making significant money. And I don't know what Jahan's contract is, but I'm sure it's probably in, like, the 13, 12-ish type of range of money. And so I think if you're fighting over that kind of money and you're Terry and you see that happen, I think that that might kind of heighten things for you a little bit. It kind of might make you say, wow, 
it's it's so weird in a contract negotiation situation. Every dollar feels like a personal affront because this team, this organization that you've given a lot to, you've given your body to, you've given your mind to, you've given your future health to, you've given your family's time to, is all of a sudden fighting you over, you know, and I'm going to say a big number here, but like 500000 a million dollars, $2 million. And for you as the player, you look at the money that they're just doling out to different positions, like Carson Wentz, for example, giving him $28 million. And you say, that guy hasn't sweat an ounce of sweat for this team. They haven't dripped a drop of blood. And they're giving him that kind of money, kind of no questions asked. Like, why is this taking so long? And those things become very, very personal. And I'm not saying that that's what's going on with Terry, but I remember going through my own process and talking with guys who were going through that process, talking with Julio Jones, talking with Matt Ryan, talking with these guys who were expecting big contracts. And it becomes this very personal thing. Every little thing becomes very personal. So even though it might not be like the line in the sand to draft a receiver, there's something there that kind of puts your cackles on edge a little bit, I would think. And um, Terry's an awesome dude, and I think he's a great pro, and he would never say that. But every action the team takes makes you go, what the hell is going on here? And now from the team's perspective, they also have to renegotiate the whole D-line probably in the next two or three years. And they're trying to keep... Jerron, I would assume, despite what everyone's saying, like they're going to try and make that happen. So they're trying to keep Terry as tight as they possibly can from a salary cap number so they can extend some of those guys. But as a as Terry, you don't really care about that because you think that your value is X and they're not meeting you at X. And then you see everybody else getting paid these crazy contracts, especially at the re- receiver position. Like the guy who just signed down in Jacksonville, um, Christian Kirk. No, is that his name? Christian Kirk? Yeah, Kirk. Yeah. Kirk signed, in signed down in yeah. Jacksonville. And I would, if I was Terry, I would be doing, I would be livid. That's the minimum I would accept, right? But right. they overpaid. That broke the market, right? So, I, I, again, I, I don't think it's a big deal he's not here, but I, I understand if there is some, some waves in the water, waves in that pool, that, that, that might be why. So uh, two things on, on this. One, from like a purely business negotiation standpoint, I don't get why Washington waits. It seems to be the way this front office operates. Um, by the way, they're not the only one. And the yep. last iteration of the front office did the same thing uh, in Washington. Bruce and, and all those guys did the same thing. Uh, Mayhew and company seem to do this as well. They wait. And they did it with John Allen last year. And the thing is with Terry and the receiver market, all it's done has gone up. Yeah. Like why didn't they? Why didn't they give him what seemed ridiculous on the first day of free agency? Now, for all we know at this point, because we don't one hundred percent know, they right. did something similar to this, and Terry and his agent were like, "Now nah, the market's going to go up. We're going to wait." Yeah, yeah. But there's been no reporting of offers, and I feel like something like that would have leaked out. So, yeah. as far as we know, there hasn't been like a real offer that that has been extended that Terry would be willing to sign. And I just don't get why you'd wait for A.J. Brown and you'd wait for Tyree Kill and you'd wait for all these guys because all that's going to do is push the market up. Because you never sign as the third guy. You always sign as the most expensive guy. Right. And so I, I don't understand why they're doing that. Here's what I'll say about him not being there. It matters some, and you can answer better than me in terms of how much about what I'm going to say. If leadership matters, Terry not being there matters because if say leadership and setting the example and being Terry McLaurin in all the ways that he is Terry McLaurin is worth 2% every practice, every, every practice gets 2% better just because he's there. That means every single practice you have is at best 98% of what it could be. 
And that's both the individual of Terry and Carson working together, Terry and the other receivers, but also him raising the level of every other guy there because he is one of, if not your single best leader on the team. Now, is 2% going to really cost you a win or loss in, in the fall? I don't know. But to me, if we think that leadership matters, which I think we'd all agree that it does, it's got to matter at least a little bit that he's not there. So I'm gonna go the I would go the other way, and maybe this is just because we scripted this beforehand. No, I'm just kidding. So what I would say <laughs> is that like Terry, I, I trust Terry implicitly. He's a good pro. He's gonna come out. And he's gonna produce at a high level. I think probably come hell or high water, right? Him not being there, I think, is somewhat advantageous for a guy like Carson who can kind of come in and set his own leadership style, independent of a guy like Terry, right? I think it's also good because he's not taking away reps from a guy like Diami who needs to take a big jump this year. A guy like Jahan. Now they, I remember my biggest periods of growth and the time where I saw the most growth from players was in OTAs, right? And one of the things that Mike did when he was here is you'd have two practices going. We've had the second offense versus the one defense and the second defense versus the one offense. And then we'd be on separate fields. And I got to take every single rep that Chris Cooley got to take or Fred Davis or whoever it was on the one field, right? I got all those reps. And so now they're not doing that same type of practice structure, but in the terms of the receiver room, that is the structure. Curtis Samuels, Diami, Jahan are all getting a ton more reps, you know, because Terry's not here. And then again, Carson is allowed to kind of set his own leadership tone, which I think is important. So, yeah, I think it's important because Terry's a big part of your organization, you know, and I think he's that, that you'd like him here. But in terms of him being ready to go, I have no doubt that he'll be ready to go. And I think in some ways it's good because it forces growth from other positions. So I understand what you're saying 100% um, because he is a big leader on this team. But I do think that because of what you've done this offseason and because of the young pieces you have, it might actually long-term be beneficial for the roster. That's interesting. And and obviously, like even if even if it's, say, there's a 5% drop-off from Terry not there and you add that 3% back, um, but it's interesting to hear you say, actually, yeah. you know, in this very short, limited amount of time where zero yeah. games are being played, right. might actually be an addition um, on some level. Um, okay, so that's Terry. Yep. Then there's Chase, who yeah. would not be participating even if he was there. But it was pretty clear, based off Ron Rivera's comments around the draft <clears throat> or combine or whenever it was, that he last spoke, that he expected Chase Young to be here. It's pretty obvious that Jack Del Rio, based off some things that he said over the last couple of months, really likes when players show up for right. the offseason um, because it helps set a tone. It helps uh, you know everybody be on the same page, all of that. I get that Chase probably wants to be in Colorado for to be with his trainers and doctors and everybody who's helping him rehab his knee, but for a young guy who had a... Pretty interesting season last year. We'll describe it that way. Yeah. Like, how big of a deal? And also, by the way, the relationship between him and the organization, him and the coaches, yeah. which seems to be a little fraught, how big of a deal is it that he's not there? To me, this feels like a big deal. And I think the reason is, like, the reason it's not a big deal for Terry, but it's a big t- a deal for Montez is, or not Montez, for Chase, excuse for me, Chase, is yeah. that Terry is an established pro whose production is, his resume speaks for itself. There were times where Julio Jones would come to OTAs, but not practice. And I was perfectly fine with that because I knew that Julio <laughs> was going to be ready to go. I knew that if Matt Ryan missed a practice, he'd be ready to go because that's the type of professional that they are. Chase has not had the opportunity to establish that level of professionalism yet, that level of kind of rapport with the organization. And if anything, you'd expect his PR team to be like, hey, man, just show up, just be there because that's what all these coaches want to see. And again, I think OTAs are really important 
again, like, because they were important for my career, A, but B, that's an opportunity for everybody to get in the film room together, to get in the meeting room together. They're doing installs now. They're going through their red zone plan. They're going through two minute, like they ran two minute and red zone on Friday or Thursday last week of OTAs, right? Like those things are important and that you will now have to rehash that. You're behind from a mental standpoint. And I don't really care about the physical stuff necessarily. Although, like, I train a couple of NFL defensive linemen. And I'm like, I can give you all the looks you want, right? But ultimately, like, those guys, will, even if you're going 80%, will give you a better feel for the timing, the position, the angles that you need to be taking to win at the NFL level. And, again, he's not participating in that. But I think that in conjunction with the film room stuff and the meeting room stuff is a big deal because I don't really care. You might have the best doctor in the whole world in Colorado, but there is the court of public opinion, which just looks bad in. There's the court of the coaches, which just looks bad in. And also it's kind of setting you up again to be a little bit behind where you're expected to be. So again, it's his decision and I support that decision because like he's a, he's a grown man. He can make that decision. Would I make that same decision? Probably not because of the things I just listed, right? The lackluster production last year, I would be in here just trying to show the fan base, A, that I'm committed to the organization, that I'm not what everyone is starting to whisper about me, right? And I would really try to fight hard against that um, perception. And he's not, in my opinion, by not coming. Now, I don't know. I don't have all the details, like like we said, but that's kind of my gut Mm. right now. Yeah, it feels bad. It feels bad. I don't think Ron Rivera is a very good liar, and I don't think that he's actually cool with with Chase not being there. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You mentioned the fan base there. I'm, I'm fascinated by that. Um, and I feel like it's really easy for us in our positions. And I'm, I'm excluding you from this. Us in the media, like actual media people like me. I'm with you um, now, because though. Because you, so. you, I mean, you're with us now. Uh, yeah. You're with me now. Specifically, you're stuck with me right now. But, <laughs> uh, you know, you have the experience at least to go on of like what it's like on the inside. Right. Um, of what it's like to be a player. And so to hear you say, proof to the fan base because players love to say they don't care what the fans say. Yeah. Like they love to be like, oh, they were with us when we were with us. Our fans are the best. We were winning. They were out there cheering. They gave us a boost today. The second they start winning, like we don't care what they say. Yeah. Like they're, you know, we don't want to see you when we're winning again. Like that, yeah. that old thing. Right. But like you're human. You're going to hear some stuff, especially now with social media. You're going to feel that on some level. Yeah. So how much is a player, do you actually care about what the fan base thinks? I mean, it's, I'm going to say it's a bigger part than people think, right? And I, all the fans that are listening to this, like, hear this. These guys are human beings, right? They're kids. Chase is, what, 22 years old? Mm-hmm. And they read their social media stuff. Like, I remember Niles Paul, like, getting after people, wanting to get in fights with people over social media. Like, I just checked some comments of a, of a, of a story I did last week, and someone was very mean to me. And, like, I want to say <laughs> it just rolls off my shoulders. But, again, it's like, man, like... I want to be the best version of myself. You know what I'm saying? And so I think like 
it does carry a weight. It creates a friction and an animosity between you and the fan. And you never want that. Like the fan is the fan, right? And so what I would say to Chase is get off your social media, like delete everything, light it on fire. But that is not how the NFL works in 2022 too. The fan pays the bills. Like they're, that interaction is so important, right? And I think like, again, like you are going to catch a lot of heat from those diehard high school football coaches or those, you know, Pop Warner coaches are like, man, you got to practice, you got to be there. And they're going to be blowing up your Twitter. They're going to be blowing up your Instagram. You're going to be upset. They're going to be upset. And then all of a sudden you go from being the fan favorite of the organization to kind of someone who, who's not liked. You know what I mean? And then what does that lead to when it comes to contract extension time? Not good things. You know, like I will say, all the big superstars I was around, they all had great relationships with the fans. They'd stay late. They'd sign autographs. They understood how to play the game. And right now, I don't think Chase fully understands like how the game, the, the, the court of public opinion in the 2022 NFL sphere is working. And I think that's something that's going to come with experience. But again, that's something that if I was, <clears throat> if I was advising him, if he asked me, I would say, man, just show up. It doesn't matter. You're here for three hours. You don't have to go on the field. Who cares if you work out with the trainers here? Just be in the building for this stuff. Now, he might be doing Zoom stuff. He might, but that hasn't come out yet. Like, Ron hasn't said that. Jack mm. hasn't said that. So I'm just assuming that he's not doing it. And maybe that's not fair. But again, like, if I was advising him, that's what I would say. I'd say, just be here. It doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. You're going to get the playbook. Everything's going to be great. You're not going to practice, but the fans, the people in the building, everyone sees that. Like I do, I do, I do consulting for people at the combine, right? People coming out for the draft. And one of the things mm -hmm. I say, their perception becomes reality, right? So if you are there early every single day, you might be taking a nap in your locker, but if the coach sees you getting breakfast at six 30 and the first meetings at eight, they say that football is important to that guy. I can trust and invest in this guy. And when I see chase doing this stuff, it, I, he's breaking that tenant of advice that I give to kids. Yeah. Do they you hear trust that? You? you hear that, kids? Go, go take a nap in your locker at 6.30 in the morning. But Have like, breakfast, take a nap, and show up on time to your meeting. Just be there. Just be in the building. <laughs> be doing stuff. Like, okay, this is, this is a little – we're going to take a little aside here. So, uh, right. so I went to Atlanta, um, and one of, the, one of the reasons I was there to, was to mentor Austin Hooper, right? And Austin and I mm -hmm. have the same agent. We've talked a lot. And I got there, and Austin, right when practice ended, would just walk to his locker, shower, and leave. He was like one of the first people to leave. And I said to him, I said, Austin, they see that. And everyone was all over him about, hey, football's not important to him. He doesn't care. We can't give him a contract extension, blah, 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 right? So I said, Austin, just go to your locker, sit on your phone for 15 minutes, go to the training room, get in the, get in the Normatec boots. You know what Normatec boots are, right, Craig? Mm -hmm. That's Yeah, compression cool. boots, they, they help your recovery. Yeah. And they're easy. That's what people like, need it's like to know. the easiest type of recovery, right? You just sit in a chair, yeah. you watch TV for 20 minutes, eat lunch, eat lunch after practice, and then go. And he's like, I don't want to do that. I'm like, trust me, dude, do that. Do that for a week. And I'm not even kidding you. My agent got a call from the GM after a week and said, man, Hooper's really dialed in this year. And that, and nothing changed. He just was in the building. <laughs> they saw him in the building. Football was important to him. And it's the, it's the same guy. He wants to go home early. But but what was he getting? He was getting a little bit of recovery, right? Which he, he wanted to do at home yeah. anyway. He had normal text at the house. I said, just do that here. Right. And, and just to be yeah. clear, like, he could have been going home so that he could watch film. Correct. And his normal tech boots Correct. at home. And, like, be doing the same exact work at home with a personal chef at home instead of the food at the facility. But 
the coach sees that. And I'm like, then I'll be like, hey, just go stretch in the, in the weight room for a little bit. And he'd go in there and get the band and stretch a little bit. And the strength coach was like, man, you being here has really helped Hoop out. And I'm like, he was doing that at home. But to see it with your own eyes, to trust it. Think about these coaches, man. They get paid a ton of money, right, to, to trust 22-year-old kids. And they, the only way they can trust it is that they see it in the building. So, to me, that's what's happening with Chase right now. They, he might be doing amazing work studying his playbook every day. He might be totally dialed in. But the coaches don't trust it. The fans don't trust it. And as a result, like, come time when it's time for me to, like, scratch your back, I'm going to be reluctant to do it because I don't know what you're bringing to the table. And it's how simple is that stuff? How, it's, like, so stupid. But that's how you get paid in the NFL is doing stuff like that. So because Ho- Hoop signed a uh, huge contract in Cleveland, right? Huge contract. Sure did. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Did, did you get any money from that? No, I didn't. I, and my agent yeah. always jokes. He's like, I, I'm gonna give you a royalty percentage because like I, all these guys that I worked with for him. I'm like, man, I'm still waiting on that check. But oh well. Let's go, Steve. Let's go, Steve. <laughs> You're getting called out on the podcast. Uh, so that actually very nicely brings us to the last guy we want to talk about of the kind of, at this point, he, he's our transition, uh, hybrid. He's there, but he's not there kind of guy. Yeah. And that's Jerome Payne. Um, yeah. you know, he does not participate in team stuff last week. Um, so it was initially phrased like he walked off. It's like, yeah, he went over to the side field and stretched cause he wasn't doing the team drills. Right. But he's there. He's in yeah. the meetings. He's doing some individual drills. Get it? You talk about like the drills when you're working and you're playing left tackle. Yeah. You know, for a guy that you work with uh, <laughs> as, as a former now retired NFL tight end, he's right. actually getting work against the guards, uh, yeah. which who, some of whom, by the way, we'll talk about and uh, some of the guys who are standing out throughout these OTAs in just a few minutes. But Duran also wanting a new contract. Very unlikely he's going to get one. But he's there. So yeah. what to you like is there is there any trouble with Deron Payne, any problem with what he's doing, any of that stuff? No. No. I mean he's unhappy, he wants to get paid. I understand that. Like this is a business first, right? But he's being a professional about it, right? He might not get an extension. He doesn't want to get hurt now because it's gonna depreciate his contract value. I get that. He's there. He's in the meetings. Like the guys that I train are like, Yeah, he's studying, he's doing what he's supposed to do, he's lifting, he's that's good stuff. That's good process, man. Like, even though you're not happy, you're there. They can't find you. I know that sounds a little jaded for me to say that, but all those things are good. Mm-hmm. I, if I'm in, in a perfect world, I want him to practice. But again, like, I'm, he's there. He's, he hasn't missed a day yet. Yeah. So that's important to me. And I think that um, it's a different situation for sure because he's still under contract for this year. So it's a little weird. He's just he's trying to get an extension. But again... Right. You know, to me, that's, but he's also unlike chase. He's healthy too. Right. Like he's, he should, he's, it's not like, you know, to chase's defense to the extent that, you know, we're going to defend him. Um, and again, like it is what it is. We just spent a lot of time talking about it, but like chase is rehabbing an injury and he's trying to get back on the field. And ultimately him being out there healthy is the most important thing. Cause it doesn't matter how much he knows if he's still stuck on the sideline. Um, and I think that's probably what he would say now, They've got some trainers and every possible thing you could want in Ashburn. Um, yeah. And those people have cell phones and they can talk to the trainers in Colorado. Right. Um, videotape so it, videotape like, it, record it. Yeah, there's like, a lot. There there's a, a lot they could do. In DC that's excellent. They bring him in. I don't like I've been all sorts of places like like when I was in yeah. uh, where I forget where I was. Like, I don't want to say the name of the team, but I was in a place with no one like the trainers and the and the training staff knew that. And they would actually ship in a private PT to do everyone's PT for them. Like, that's how they operated instead of hiring that guy. So, obviously, teams are willing to work with the player to get what they want to yeah. get done. 
Right. And that's and why said, that's why this is a little weird. But again, I yeah. to, to your point, I think that's 100% valid. Chase would probably say that exact thing and I respect that, but I again, I'm right. I'm on the fence about it. Right. But that's that's why for Duran, like he should be here. Um, you know, at the end of the day, these guys, I know the pay structures are very weird in the NFL and that's something else that's like a whole other that's like a fun yeah. off-season podcast for us. Maybe we'll do that yeah, in yeah. July of like should, should the NFL switch to a 52 week a year or a 26 check pay structure um, as opposed to the game checks during the season because then yeah. it's easier to be like, "Hey, you need to be here in the off-season." Yeah. Um, but that's a that's a CBA thing, whatever point is like Duran is under contract he's expected to play this year in order to play his best being at OTAs is something that would be helpful for him and for the team so good for him for showing up and him not participating in team drills no big deal